stage with me. Karen is our Kingdom Kids pastor. And would you extend your hand as we just pray over her as she uh, brings the message this morning. So, Father, I thank you for Karen and her voice and the words that you've put in her um, mouth this morning. I pray that we'd have open ears, Lord, to hear what you're speaking through her. Thank you for your blessing that you are giving to her the opportunity, Lord, to talk about a word that you have put in her heart. So thank you for your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. I shared uh, first service that the song that we sang, the opening song, um, it's my song. <laughs> it came out the year that my husband passed away. And the corollaries between the verses um, were just, I mean, really, they're just remarkable. I and mean, if you know my story, um, there are so many things that, that connect with that story. Even the uh, passage or the, the chorus coming out of Romans 8, 28, when God works all things together, you know, for my good. So anyway, they nearly wrecked me this morning. I thought I was going to be derailed. They might have had to run another passage or another video, but um, I managed, managed to pull it together because what I got from that, even, in, even fighting the tears because they were coming, was actually feeding into our message because our message is on fresh fulfillment. And I believe that even in that song, even in the orchestration of playing that song this morning, God was working and he brought about a fresh fulfillment in my heart. So I don't know about you, but what do you think about when you think about fulfillment? What does it mean to you? What brings about fulfillment into your life? Have you ever thought about it? Is fulfillment something that we go after? Is it something that we pursue? Or is it something that we simply recognize once we've experienced it? Maybe it depends on how you define it. When we look at the Oxford Dictionary, it defines it in two different ways. One, it's a feeling of pleasure or satisfaction. Now, when I think about it in that terminology, I think about the satisfaction that I get, and maybe you can relate with, some of you, of power washing your driveway, you know, and just taking sweep by sweep by sweep, and as the dust or the dirt just gets carried away, and it's just left with this clean concrete. To me, it is so satisfying. It is so fulfilling. That's the pleasure. That's the satisfaction part. There's also the definition of the act of doing something that is necessary or promised. And when I think about uh, fulfillment in that regard, I think about like the fulfillment that we get when we pay off our mortgage or we pay off a car loan. Or maybe um, it's when you actually get your laundry done and it's folded and put away. <laughs> That's fulfillment. <laughs> there we go. Or, for me most recently, that act of doing something necessary was packing up and loading up and packing up my children, my adult children, who are moving off onto their own adventures, you know, across the United States. So a shout out to Maddie, Charlie, and Brody. It's too bad that none of them are here because they could help you discern what exactly I'm receiving in that fulfillment. But I ask you these questions because they're just some of the same ones that I've been personally working through since last December. So you see, the word uh, fulfillment was dropped in my heart when I began reading in uh, Luke 
first chapter in Luke leading up to what we call the Christmas story. I, I got to a certain passage. It was actually Luke 1.45. And the word fulfillment practically jumped off the page to me. And I felt an invitation from God to pick up that word and do a deep dive study into what it meant, not only in this passage, but also in my life. So it actually became my word for the year. And if you've not practiced, um, or if you've not delved into that practice, then come see me after service, and I can talk to you about kind of how that works out. So for the past eight months, I've been looking at the word fulfillment and what it means. And it's my prayer today that as we encounter God's word together, that we would receive a fresh fulfillment of understanding through Holy Spirit. And that as we make our way through the Bible passages, that it would become more clear as to what fulfillment looks like in our lives. So, what does fulfillment look like in our lives? You know, I have a, this fantastic story from um, the time that we lived in Costa Rica, and it embodies what, a, a time when I felt fulfillment. So let me just share that with you just a little bit. I'll try to keep it brief. Um, my husband and I and our daughter, our oldest, were living in Costa Rica. We had almost been there two years, and she was our only child at the time. Um, we had just moved on to the company's compound. And this is a beautiful place. Beautiful place. Anyway, they had just completed um, the set of five apartments that the pilots and their families could move into. And so we had moved in, and pretty soon there came another family from Nicaragua. Well, he was from Nicaragua. The pilot was from Nicaragua. And his wife was from the Ukraine. Her name was Tamila. And they had, to my delight and amazement, a little girl who was just a little bit older than our daughter. So our daughter had a playmate, which was great because we were about the only people um, you know, on this compound not working the day-to-day, -day, the work-a-day world. So Tamila, um, the mom, she was from the Ukraine. So like I said, because we were the only ones there and they were our neighbors and our little girls were playing together, we became fast friends. The problem was she was from the Ukraine. I was from the United States. Spanish was our second language for both of us. So we would have these conversations because we didn't let that get in our way. We would have these conversations, and this is sort of how it would go. I would speak out in Spanish, my limited amount of Spanish that I knew, my high school level Spanish, and she would take what she knew out of what I said, translate it to Ukrainian, and then from the Ukrainian, she would translate it back to Spanish. I would pick out the words that I knew, put it in context, into English, and so it went back and forth. Now, we butchered that language. We butchered it, according to her husband, who was Nicaraguan and a native speaker. But we didn't care. We were communicating. And it was fun, and it was funny, because some words don't really translate the way you think they do. Anyway, we... So... so it was just before my daughter's second birthday, and I was planning a birthday party for her. Well, pretty soon, this birthday party that was just going to be a small celebration became this big celebration. It was an event because my husband wanted to invite his coworkers, and he wanted to honor them for the service that they were doing. So anyway, this little birthday party became this event. I was stressed to the max. I was so stressed out. 
Not only did I have to, you know, provide for them, but I was working in a kitchen that wasn't like our American kitchens. Anyway, anyway, long story there. But suffice it to say, the party went, off, went on without a hitch. The day was beautiful. Our daughter was celebrated. My husband, you know, felt honored in hosting his friends and his coworkers. It was a wonderful, wonderful time. And at the end of the day, when all the other guests have left, it was just Tamila and myself and our husbands and our children. They were swimming in the pool. The guys and, and the girls were, the little girls were swimming in the pool. And it was just Tamila and I sitting beside the pool. And all of a sudden, I, I had this overwhelming sense of God's presence. It was just this overwhelming, as I reflected on the day and what had transpired, you know, and I was commenting and talking about how, God, everything just lined up. The weather was perfect. The kids had fun. We had enough food, which was <laughs> a blessing in and of itself. And I just went on and on and on, thanking God for his power and his presence and, and showing up and, and being there for us. And all of a sudden, I hear Tamila over here laughing. And so I turn to see what she's laughing at, and she's laughing at me. And she says in her broken Spanish, she says, you realize you were talking in English. I, I didn't. I hadn't realized it. You know, for all intents and purposes, I may have been speaking in tongues before her, you know, because as I started to explain what I was saying, she stopped me and she said, you don't have to tell me. She said, I don't know exactly what you said, but I heard every word. And I feel the same way. Now, there, like I said, there's more to this story here because Tamila, coming from the Ukraine, she knew nothing about God. She knew nothing. Her religion was communism. You know, so for her to experience that and to be able to express it is amazing in and of itself. But in that moment, when I had hit the pause button in my life and I was simply reflecting outwardly what was already what I had already experienced internally in my spirit, all was right in my world. And I was thinking, and I was thanking God and, and recognizing for his power and his presence and, and knowing that he was there in that particular time, at that particular moment, in that particular time in my life. I felt fulfilled. And not only did I feel fulfilled, I was fulfilled. I knew right there and then that there was so much power in his presence that I learned to know God in an entirely different way that day. I learned to know him as fulfillment in action. So what about you? Have you ever experienced anything like that before? A time when it seems like maybe time had, st had just stood still, yet despite everything that's going on around you, you just had this sense that you just knew everything was right in your world or everything was being made right. That's the kind of peace that passes all understanding that we read about in Philippians 4, 7. In Philippians 4, 7. But let me suggest to you that it's more than just the peace. Yes, it's the peace, but it's also the knowing that God is working on your behalf the knowing that he's there. You know, I've experienced that same, kind of, that same kind of fulfillment sitting in the back of an ambulance looking at the front end of a wrecked car that I was, just, that I was driving just moments ahead or moments before. 
thinking about the children waiting for me at home, waiting, to expect, waiting and expecting me to come home. I've experienced, I've experienced it standing on a sandy shore as I watched the sunlight dance across the, the water like diamonds, waiting for a rescue team to come in from the wreckage of a helicopter. You know, I've even experienced that same sense of fulfillment, you know, in a crowded room, filled with people, filled with laughter, filled with chaos, as banter and, and joking just is going about at family reunions. I felt that same sort of fulfillment because I knew I was at peace with what God was doing. I knew that he, was showing, that he had shown up in that place. So what does fulfillment look like in your life? We've already defined fulfillment as a satisfaction or a pleasure or the act of doing something that is necessary or promised. But may I suggest that we change the question just a little bit. Not so much the question itself, but the focus in the question. What if we changed fulfillment, lowercase f, from a feeling or an act of our own doing into the person behind the action, a capital letter F, so that when we are asked, what does fulfillment look like in your life, what we're really being asked is, what does God look like in your life? We can focus on him and what he's doing knowing that he's always up to something on our behalf. It's a subtle difference, but there's a shift. We've taken the focus off the thing that is, being, that is bringing fulfillment and shifting it to the one bringing fulfillment. You see, fulfillment, or God, is there even when the work is not done. Even in prophecy that gets fulfilled, the work is not over. You know, in Jeremiah, when Jeremiah prophesied that the Jews would survive their captivity in Babylon and return home, that prophecy was fulfilled. But the Jews' work was not done. In 538 B.C., Daniel prophesied the coming of the Messiah. That prophecy was fulfilled for sure. But the work isn't done. Now, don't hear me taking anything away from the prophets. Don't hear me taking anything away from what they prophesied with and that was ultimately fulfilled. I'm only remarking on the work that continues. Even today, while we can bask in the fulfillment that comes to and through us by the presence of God, we don't sit back and wait for the next encounter. On the contrary, let me propose that those moments of fulfillment are meant to be the catalyst for what's next. They are the markers in our lives that encourage us because of what he's doing. So let me ask the question again. What does fulfillment look like in your life? You know, we've had several examples, you know, through the Bible you know, we're even encouraged by Paul in his letter to the Ephesians that talks about, you know, what that, look, that could look like in our life. And he says, um, he encourages the Ephesians to um, be filled with the Spirit, 
speaking to one another, singing, praising, and giving thanks always. We've heard from our own pastors on ways that they have, you know, fostered and and encouraged God in their lives. But today we're going to look at another example from the Old Testament. We're going to do a a little bit deeper, deeper dive into Psalm 16, written by King David. What we're going to be looking at is how he knew and grew God in his life. And what this is going to be showing for us is an example of what we get to step into, what we are called into. So take a look at Psalm, um, let me back up here a little bit. We're not going to be able to read the whole of Psalms, or the whole of Psalm 16. But what I'm going to do is um, kind of break it down a little bit. But to start out with, uh, let me tell you, I'm going to be reading from the, the English Standard Version. And before we even do that... <laughs> Let me tell you that the title from in Psalm 16, in the Passion Translation, gave it a, a title that I really, really liked because it, re- it reads, The Golden Secret, a precious song engaved, engraved in gold by King David. What I love about this and find most interesting is, as titles are meant to be, they're supposed to be a description of what's going on. So, When we believe that there's a golden secret in here, I would like to say to you that the secret is not, one, it shouldn't be a secret, but two, it's not just a golden secret. I think it's the golden secret, as David describes God himself. The overarching themes that we get from Psalm 16 is that God is David's protection, that God is David's portion, and that God is David's praise, which means we too can look at that and look to God as our portion, our protection, and our praise. He calls him his refuge. He calls him his cup. He calls him his counselor. All of these things we can look to as examples. But now we'll get to Psalm 16, 8. The wording seems a little bit off, but... When we read, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. I say it's a little bit off because when, it's, when we read, I've set the Lord before me. You know, I, I can't imagine setting God anywhere. He's not, a, he's not a book. He's not a piece of paper. We can't put him here. We can't put him there. What David is doing is when he says, I set him before me, it means he's always in front of him. He's always within view. He's always within reach. And he's in David's heart. David is always and already pursuing God who is already before him. He's going after someone who's already there. So for us, when God is already there, He is and he has fulfilled what he set out to do in his action, which means he is our fulfillment. And as we continue to set him before us, he is continuing to fulfill all that he has set out to do. This is our fresh fulfillment. So let me give you just kind of a a pictural view of, of the way God 
uh, laid it out for me. I'm, I'm a visual learner, so this, helped, this helps me. Maybe it'll help you. But consider God being full. I mean, because he is, right? He's, he is everything. He is full. As we pursue him, as we draw near to him, as we come closer to him, we are filled. And when we continue being filled, we are filled full. And what happens when you are filled full? What happens when a sponge gets filled full or when a glass gets full, filled full? It overflows. And when we are continuing going after him, when we are continuously being filled, when we continuously put him before us and he is filling us to overflowing, that means we have excess. That means we never lack. When we step into that full filling, we are fulfilled. Let's skip down to verse 11. When we read, you make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. The first part of that verse, you make known to me the path of life, seems to be an invitation to us. And it seems to be an invitation for us to partner with God and ask him about what that path is. Now, while that's an important part of this verse, I love what it says in the second part. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. It's not saying in the answer to your prayers, there is fullness of joy. It's not saying in the money to pay the bills, there is fullness of joy. It's not even saying in the healing, there is fullness of joy. No, David is saying in your presence, there is fullness of joy. His presence is the fulfillment of joy. Now, please hear me. We are joyful when we experience breakthroughs or we've reached a goal or completed a project. But what I believe David knows and is setting the example for us for is that our joy, our fulfillment, isn't in the thing. It's in the presence of the one who's bringing it, who's acting in that moment. Sometimes God does bring a work about for us that reveals his presence. You know, something that we may be not expecting. Like the time that um, I received a monetary gift from an anonymous benefactor that paid for my son's braces. I wasn't looking for it. And it certainly, you know, wasn't expected. But God revealed himself as fulfillment in that generous, generous gift. And I was quick to respond to it. I was quick to recognize his action in that gift. So I would suggest to you that it's his timing. 
that makes all of this come to, come to fruition and fulfillment. And we know that God's timing is always perfect. Now, when we believe, or if we believe, David, and that there is fullness of joy in his presence, let me ask you this. Isn't that where we want to be all the time? Don't you want to be in his presence all the time so that fullness of joy can be expressed in and through you? It's where I want to be. When we do set him before us and we're seeking him and we're looking out for him, he's going to become more recognizable. We're going to see him more and more and more. And I can't even imagine what that could even look like. But I'm willing to give it a try. So we've taken the definition of fulfillment and broadened it. And with King, James, King David, he gave us some examples of what fulfillment looks like in our lives. Let's look now at what that fulfillment looks like in action. Now, I'm gonna, we're going to put up here on the screen uh, that first verse that kind of launched me into my year-long study of the word fulfillment. So I've been at this for like eight months, you guys, and when, when I come back to this verse... It's amazing how powerful, when I've studied it, there's so much in one sentence. So let's take a look at it. Before we look at it, we're gonna just, let me just tell you, this is the, the part where Mary has already been visited, and she knows, visited by the Holy Spirit, and she knows that she's going to be carrying Jesus. She knows she's um, pregnant. She knows that, that um, she has a call on her life. So she goes to Elizabeth, her cousin Elizabeth's house, and um, Elizabeth is also pregnant, and she's carrying who we would come to know as John the Baptist. So in this greeting, as Mary comes into the home of Zechariah and Elizabeth, Elizabeth hears her voice in the greeting, and in her stomach, John jumps. There is a reaction there. And she immediately responds. Elizabeth immediately responds and says, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. There's fulfillment in action. And I see active engagement in that one sentence. So the first action that really just kind of stood out to me was the fact that Mary responded. And what was her response? She believed. She didn't cross her fingers and sit back and wait. She didn't just think, well, it might happen. No. We learned that she believed that there would be a fulfillment. And she even took that next step. She didn't sit back. She took that next step and went to visit Elizabeth. She's following King David's example. She, didn't, she set the Lord before her, and she's going after that fulfillment. The second action I noticed in this verse was in the words spoken to her. Who spoke to her? Well, that obviously was the Lord. He certainly 
had an active role in the fulfillment of the words spoken to her. And we only have to look back at the first book of our Bible to know that God's words are powerful. He spoke life into being simply by his words. So powerful. So when we read this verse, we, are, we can believe that which spoken to Mary could and would be fulfilled. We're seeing that partnership between God and Mary. God was doing his part. Mary responded, and she's doing her part. And ultimately, God will be doing his part. But there's this active engagement. There's this give and take. There's this responding and acting, responding and acting that we see and that we are invited to time and time again. Fulfillment doesn't stop there. It's a continuation. It's a continual thing. There is a fresh fulfillment for us. Now, there's one more active person in this verse, and that's Elizabeth. And what did she do, and why is that, and what in her action was so significant? Elizabeth did something that she knew David had done. She recognized the goodness in Mary, and she called it out. She was the one who called out blessing over Mary for her belief in the fulfillment that was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth Following David's example in 16.3, let's look back at that. We didn't go over it when we first looked at the psalm verse, but Psalm 16, verse 3, David practiced this calling out things that he saw. When he said, all the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. When we look at that more closely, who are the saints in that land. In that particular time, you know, it was the believers. And if David is our example, then who are the saints in the land? We are. The believers are. And he knows what he sees is, and he calls them the excellent ones because he's been a part of them. He's lived with them. He's, he knows. He sees that. And he calls it out. So King David sings the praises of this practice of calling things out. Elizabeth too, following David's example, calls things out in Mary. So it is our, like I said, our example, our invitation to also step into calling out what we refer to as the gold in someone. It's something that the person that we're calling it out of, they may not even recognize it in themselves. But as a believer, when we are stirred to seeing something in someone, we need to call it out. It is our invitation to call it out because we're calling people up into something that they were already created to be. You know, I distinctly remember, I think it was one of our first Holy Spirit nights here. Hap was on stage. I was in the back of the room, and it was dark. But he saw me 
And he started prophesying over me. He started telling things about my life. He started, you know, inviting me into things. He was explaining what he had seen. And over the years since that has happened, I've seen those things come to fruition. Now, there's still one more hanging out there, but I'm not giving up on that one, and I'm not going to share that right now. But I believe, I believe. (laughs) So when Hap, Happy, Laman, spoke out the word that was dropped in his heart, he was acting in obedience. And he stepped into that act to bless me, for sure. But in that action, in his response, he too was blessed. He was blessed by his obedience in speaking it out. How many of you know that obedient means to listen or hear? I didn't know that until I started studying this. You've probably heard the phrase, blessed to be a blessing. That's a perfect example of calling out the gold in someone. It's also known as a double blessing because the person speaking it is blessed and the person receiving it is a bless, is also blessed. So when Mary, back in um, Luke 1.45, was calling out the gold in, I'm sorry, when Elizabeth was, was calling out the gold in Mary, she was calling out something that she saw in a response to what God was doing. And Mary, having responded to God, was already walking in her fulfillment. She had been filled to full, but her job wasn't done. It continued on. All of that action and response in that one verse, it's amazing how God speaks to us through his word. So what's our takeaway from this time? How can we answer that question, what does fulfillment look like in our lives? We can follow the examples from King David, Elizabeth, Mary, and last, but as we know, certainly not least, God. And in those examples, we'll find our answers. In and through them all, we saw action and response. Action and response. Our action, God's response. God's action, our response. It's been filled full, and being full, filled. Fulfillment, when we call out the gold in others, just as we saw with Mary, with Elizabeth, Mary was filled full by Elizabeth's blessing, and Elizabeth was fulfilled through her obedience. John the Baptist even spoke I'm sorry, John the Baptist even leapt for joy in his mother's womb at the sound of Mary's voice greeting her cousin. There's power in our voice. There is power in our words. When we are obedient, when we hear and listen, through God's prompting, there is fulfillment. Action response depicts what fulfillment looks like in our lives. I believe God is not only calling us to be fishers of men, but he is also 
calling us to be prospectors, gold miners. When you see it, say it. Just as King David did, as Elizabeth did, we have the ability to fill to full all of the excellent ones. Let's pray. Thank you, God, for the encounter with your word today. Thank you for the fresh fulfillment we have received in understanding through Holy Spirit. And thank you for making our paths of life known.